We all love our kids and this is such a weird and uncertain time. And I think a lot of people feel like the choices that are offered are not environments where they feel like their kids will thrive. And so you bring them home because you want them to thrive. And to me, that's the number one requirement. Welcome to Let's Be Real, a completely honest, entirely practical conversation about how to live our lives with freedom, purpose, and abundance. Popular author and communicator Nicole Yunus brings her 20 years of experience as a counselor, pastor, and coach to a real conversation about the tricky questions and tough decisions in life, and how to find clarity in action no matter what obstacle you may face. Have a topic to suggest or a tricky situation you need help with? We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email or voice memo to Nicole at NicoleYunis.com. We might feature you on the show. And now here's your host, Nicole Yunus. Hey everyone, welcome to the Let's Be Real podcast. I am your host, Nicole Yunus, and I am joined by a fantastic friend of mine who also has so much wisdom to share with us today, Miss Carrie Mullins. Good morning. I enjoy making up titles for Carrie, and um, I dragged her. This is just this just represents our friendship. I dragged her into this creative conference last year and when no, it was we this went year. to yeah oh yeah that's it right. was in february has it a feels decade, like 20 has years a decade gone by since that time <laughs> do you remember back in the days yeah. yes. pre pre-pandemic <laughs> in those days um and i was doing some pr for this conference and we were pitching to a local news station and they insisted that they wanted carrie and her hobby which was knitting on the news i mean i thought you were never gonna for- have you forgiven me i carrie and i were on this broadcast on this tv show and carrie was amazing of course and the title i gave her was master hobbyist so which, that's a different that's my family refers to me as, as the that, master hobbyist yes, thank she's you also <laughs> a new title i have for you that i do want to put on a title screen under you is total boss of homeschooling because <laughs> that's what carrie is so Carrie and I have very different like daily lives, uh, very different styles of parenting and education and work and all of these things. But at the end of the day, we we both have a great love for each other and a great love for the fact that there's just a lot of ways to live a good life. I don't mm-hmm. know. If that's yeah. And we're all in a moment where we're figuring out what a good life looks like a little differently. And I am so grateful that Carrie can bring her wealth of experience to the table for any of you guys out there, moms and dads, who are considering what do I do in this new reality for education? And so that's kind of the the spirit of what we're going to talk about today. Um, I'm so glad. And Carrie, I know, will avail herself. You can DM me after Mm -hmm. this, and I'll get you in touch with her. But we're also going to give you guys some great resources in the show notes. So let's take it away, Carrie. Can you just start and tell us a little bit about yourself and your own experience with education growing up? So I have lived in Richmond, Virginia, all of my almost 42 years and was homeschooled myself. Most of my, um, I did one one year in public school because I saw all my friends getting on the yellow school bus and I too <laughs> wanted to go. And then I did two years in a Catholic school because um, that was the option that was available at the time. So uh, but the rest of the time I was homeschooled. And so when it came time, I have four daughters. And when it came time um, to figure out what to do with them, we homeschooled our oldest for kindergarten. But uh, the week the kindergarten started, I had my third baby. And my sweet husband was very supportive, but he also was like, okay, I don't think this is what I thought our life was gonna be. So 
we put her in school and she was in a private school um, through the fourth grade and our second daughter was in private school through the second grade. Um, so we pulled them out. They were rising fifth and third graders and now my oldest is gonna be a senior in high school. I was counting the year. This is our eighth year consistently of homeschooling. Oh my which- gosh is insane. Well, and I love what you just, I mean, I just love the narrative that you are talking about. There's been a season for public school. There's a Mm -hmm. season for private school. This isn't about like a philosophy of life that is rigid or has to be a certain way. And you're telling me that you've got your own kids and you both had experiences of going into public school and then back. And I'm just like, it's just blowing my mind to think about like when you first started, do you think that you just knew you could do it because you had done it or what i think a lot of people that i talk to are like i don't i'm not equipped to do that i can't be a teacher (laughs) well i think i told a friend last week who called me believe it or not i've had a lot of people calling me asking me (laughs) how do i do this and i told her i said you know what the main requirement is that you need to love your kids you very quickly figure out things that work and things that don't your kids drop lots of cues about what's working and what's not working. <laughs> what and if they drop too many cues? That's a whole, that's another question. I'm gonna ask you about discipline in just a minute, but. Yeah, that is probably a whole other question. But I think um, we all love our kids and this is such a weird and uncertain time. And I think a lot of people feel like the choices that are offered are not environments where they feel like their kids will thrive. And so you bring them home because you want them to thrive. and. To me, that's the number one requirement. Well, and I love that you're touching on that because one of the things I've really tried to encourage people and we've tried to do in our family is to think about what values do we want to impart in our kids Mm -hmm. for the long term? Like Mm -hmm. what kind of adults do we want them to be? And if you really think about that, you're going to find no education system could completely encompass all of those things. Mm -hmm. That no matter, you could pay for the highest level private school there is, they're not gonna be able to impart everything that you wanna impart as a parent. So maybe this is a season, maybe Mm -hmm. it's a short season for some people, maybe it's a longer season for others where you can think about what those values are. Mm -hmm. What is it that I really want? And then how could we create an experience this year or longer. Maybe for some, this will be a new way of life that are a part of that experience. Because I do think it's easy to get lulled into believing that my school is going to do all the things. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, let's, this is the let's be real podcast. So let's be real about it. I know I have been very much like susceptible to thinking like, oh, I don't need to deal with that. Like the school will deal with Mm -hmm. that, you know? And how does it feel? Talk to us about what it feels like to kind of be that and all be all. It feels it feels like a lot of pressure. Well, I think though that the unique thing that I found happened when we took our kids out of school and brought them home was I had a much more heightened awareness of their hearts and I was much more aware of the spirit, <clears throat> sorry, that was happening, especially between siblings and the ways that they were interacting with each other. And I could see things a lot sooner than you know, when you're on a school schedule, you're like out the door at 7.30 and they don't come home until three and then you're doing homework and then it's, you know, play and bed and you do it all over again. And there's not really time to look at some of the deeper issues that might be going on. And so I have found that there isn't more time to get to the heart of things. Mm. I don't feel so rushed through my day. And sometimes, especially when my kids were in like early middle school, we would just stop what we were doing in the day. And I'd say, you know what? Something doesn't seem right. What is going on? Let's stop and talk about this. 
the English can wait. Like let's let's talk about what's bothering you and what's upsetting you. Or let's correct some, you know, thing that I see happening that mm, that's not quite what we are going mm-hmm. for in this family. So it doesn't it felt like those things happen much more in an organic way as a part of our day. Yeah. Versus like it being allocated to seven o'clock when you're trying to get everybody to bed yeah. and they're tired and crabby and don't want to have that conversation with you at that moment. Yeah. Or my teenagers now stay up later than I do. So it's we have those conversations later at night because we can. Yeah. So let's talk about let's because I think for all of us, we kind of approach a change, a potential change in our life, and especially a potential change that we have not asked for. It's been brought mm-hmm. to us. And so if you're in that stage of contemplating what is the school future look like for my children, um, let's do let's do this. Let's talk a little bit through our head, like just some mechanics mm-hmm. of what your week looks like, about how you get resourced, all that. And then we'll talk a little bit about the heart, all of these questions of like, what about discipline? And what about mm-hmm. my own dreams? And what about, we'll do that second. Yep. So let's go ahead first and just walk us through what a, what a typical week looks like for you as a homeschooling mom? Well, I think you have to be okay with everybody has a different personality and you as the mom are the teacher and you set the tone of your schoolroom, your schoolhouse. Um, I am, Is this an actual room in your home? Yes. When you say that? We do have a room. Um, do you recommend uh, that? Well, I think you got to work with where you are and some people don't have the space to do that. So your kitchen table is... But Where I've been to that? your schoolroom. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I your schoolroom school is very small. It's it not small. like- It's the smallest room in our house. Yeah, it does not. I, for myself, I wanted a room that I could shut the door because I view it as my job. I wanted to be able to shut the door and walk away when we were done for the day. Okay. I also, as I was teaching younger kids, my older two don't use that room anymore mm-hmm. because they're in high school. But my younger two, I wanted a space where everything was organized. I knew where their books were. Stuff wasn't spread all over the house. Just, and we have a whiteboard. I do, I think that's important because like working math problems or like I wanted a big board that helped my kids recenter and focus. Here's what we're working on. Um, Well, I think, I mean, I just believe in the importance of place. And I think that even if you don't have a room that you can dedicate, if you can maybe make a part of your day, the setup time where you're like, this is the space, whether it's like your dining room table, but what that does for a kid too, to say like, we're coming into a time now that is a set apart time where you're almost putting off, taking off your mom hat and putting on your teaching hat. Well, and I've seen some people, they have little carts with each kid's stuff on them and they wheel them out to the table. And Mm -hmm. that's just some place that your kids can feel organized themselves. I think that's a helpful, um, they have a place where their school stuff stays so that it's not scattered all over the house and you're not spending time every day. Where's your spelling book? Where's your math book? It's all in one place. And what is the time? I mean, is it different with the age of the kids? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think people, there's there's a misnomer that kindergarten needs to take seven hours. <laughs> um, I, I'm think, sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. I just think about kindergarten. I'm like, what a nightmare, seven well, hours long. I mean, well, it's too think much. Think about the teacher with all the children. I know, God bless those kindergarten teachers. But I just, my husband and I were talking the other day. I said, when you went to kindergarten, was it all day? And he's like, no. And we took a nap in the four <laughs> no, hours no, that we were there. five-year-old There's babies. no naps anymore. And of course, if your child is in kindergarten and going, my kids went to full day kindergarten yes. public school. And it's great. It's, and it will work out, but like actual learning, yes, the teaching. Not. So the actual learning time. I already for feel I feel relieved on behalf <laughs> of people who have that age child. But I, well, but I am going to say, 
you, when you were homeschooling, you were not trying to create a day that looks just like if they were at the public school down the street. Okay. This is, that is not what you're trying to do, nor are you trying to implement the curriculum that you were trying to do during quarantine. Okay. You were trying to teach somebody else's curriculum that you didn't have a choice over. You didn't get to choose anything. That's not fair. That's not an authentic well, or and it's true not picture just, and of it's it. not designed for. I no. mean, I don't know that much. You tell me, but my experience of your homeschooling has been a lot more creative, a lot more free in the sense of like projects and things. Yes. Than what you know. Obviously, these God love those teachers and administrators had to like whip together. Correct. In, oh, I don't blame them at all. Yeah. But I think you need to free yourself up if this is what you're doing that you're not trying to recreate that experience yeah. for your kids which i think then gives you the freedom to do a lot of really different fun things so when they're young like <clears throat> let's say k through three like what i know it's different for everyone but what's the range of time that you're like in the schoolroom? well kindergarten is really like 30 to 45 minutes well, what do they do for the rest of the day <laughs> i'm so confused <laughs> i mean there's a lot of time spent managing a classroom trying to get kids but what do you do with that kindergartner like when you had a kindergartner and then three mm -hmm. other kids mm -hmm. what does the kindergartner do so i mean i have so i have my older two are two grades apart there's a gap and then my younger two are two grades apart so the two that are close, I do a lot of team teaching. Like okay. we do history together. We do science together. We do read alouds together. We do like, I'm not trying to separate those things out. Is that somewhere in a curriculum that you learn that? Yes. Okay. Well, so. yes. I mean, yes, that okay. is very much an ethos. Of Just please say yes to all the parents. Yes. <laughs> there is. Yes, it is definitely. A lot of homeschool curriculums are for oh, kindergarten ages. through third. Yes, because they're aware that generally families have more than one child and they're trying to help people be efficient okay the thing that you're looking for for grade level is math and reading spelling you know your english mechanics so that part of your day for a kindergartner is really 30 to 45 minutes okay like it's and then like i'd have stacks of library books i have puzzles i have games i have manipulatives that my kindergartner can be playing with while i'm doing something more specific so they would, with my third so grader. they would maybe stay in the area i mean yeah, would you kind of I mean, keep them around yes if they wanted to right. i never forced it because i felt like you will get to this when the time is right right so if you want to stay in the room you got to be quiet but you can absolutely stay in here did you have any non-negotiables for your days as far as media food you know like was there is there some house rules that your kids were living by yes. in that younger younger ages yeah we always tried to start school by eight okay because i felt like um morning is better you have a more captive audience and trying to put the train on the track back on the track after 11 o'clock did not go well okay now it's different for my older kids but when i had little people man, I tried the, my very hardest to get it done first thing okay. because they just were much more attentive. So we were up at seven dressed. We do not do school in our pajamas. That's just my yeah. vibe. Uh, breakfast, bed made, chores, all that stuff, ready to be at their desk at eight o'clock. Mm -hmm. And we started that early and that's sort of stuck. I mean, yeah. that's just how we do it. I love that. you. I mean, I am less scared. I know some of this you come by naturally. You're yes. a very routine oriented person, but I'm less scheduled. But I think back to that time, particularly with kids and know kids thrive in structure and schedule and yep. they thrive in knowing what's coming. Yeah. And so when there are those blocks of this is what we do first, this is what we do second, this is what we do third in a day, you actually have less discipline issues for sure because of that structure now some of you out there are like i am not structured you 
probably as your self-awareness has grown about your own growth as a human being, you've realized I'm not that structured, but I need structure. So this actually can help you thrive too. You may need some encouragement, some friends, yeah. some people. We're going to put in the show notes, a bunch of resources for you to kind of keep you feeling yeah. it like you're in community. But um, okay. So seven, eight o'clock you started, you knew it would be hard. And then I guess it just gets a little bit longer mm -hmm. as the kids get older. Yeah. And I would say I mean, my youngest is now rising fourth grade, and we are working pretty focused work from about eight to 11. Okay. And it just, I mean, it depends on what we're working on that day. If we get off on some wild rabbit trail and, you know, get really interested in something, that adds obviously more time. Um, but for the most part, and it's she and her sixth grade sister are in the schoolroom and we're working pretty hard for those three hours. And then we take lunch and then sometimes we got to come back to it. I mean, sometimes they haven't finished what they needed to and we'll come back in the afternoon. How do you structure your own, like what in your mind, is this everything for you? I mean, I know that you have, you you host people in your home a lot. You have lots of hobbies. You have lots of things that you're, what do you set aside in your mind for this job? You mean like my like own? As far as hours and kind of like commitment, what does it look yeah, like for you? Yeah, I mean, you? I've, I sort of set in my mind eight to two is kind of my like, that's when I'm on. I try really hard not to answer the phone. Okay. I try really hard not to check email. Like I just- You don't schedule anything. No. That's, and it's and, Monday I mean, through you Friday? Know. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. And you know, like you, you your life has looked different than mine. The girl mine, likes and to she, schedule. Let's just talk about the girl likes the routine. But she, right, she ain't answering to, the phone. <laughs> she likes to say, oh, let's go out of town. You know, I'm like, I, I got to work. Like yeah. I just, for my own, I want to do it well. And right. I know myself. Some people can- Put it down and come back to it. But for me, I just my own self. For it to be successful, I needed I need to have that structured time. Yeah, and obviously, some people are entering into the season like this is a great opportunity for us to have flexibility as a family. Absolutely, you can build that in. I mean, oh, just because sure. you're saying absolutely you prioritize it. I mean, y'all are gone. Oh, we travel. I, I mean, you travel. We have and, an RV. Mm -hmm. We love to adventure. But I like I just was working on my school calendar yesterday. I, I have a teacher planner and I sit down and work through everything and I give us off a week in the fall because we love to go to New England or uh -huh. I get, you know, we go visit grandparents. Like I but schedule that time yeah. in. Yes. Now, there are some days where it's all going sideways <laughs> and I say, you know what? We're, we're stopping. Let's, let's go to the park. Let's take a walk. Let's go to the grocery store. Like just look at something different than mm -hmm. what we're doing right now. And sometimes that's okay. That's not planned. But I do find that my kids sometimes just need pause. Right. And that's more important than finishing which the multiplication table. Which we yes. all need. And that is a beautiful thing to learn yes. as a child. Talk to me about when you had little littles, little mm -hmm. littles, like you've got a kindergartner and like preschoolers or what in the world do you do? Can you tell I'm amazed <laughs> I'm, I hope that I'm answering the questions that you guys have. And if you're, if you got older kids, hold on, we'll talk about that in a minute. But what in the world do you do if you've got like a three-year-old? Yeah. I mean, at, <laughs> I was just with some friends on Monday night talking about this and it's hard because my younger two did go to preschool. Right. There was an option for that. I don't know. This is weird and uncertain times. Yeah. I don't know if preschools will be an option for families. So the first year that we homeschooled, my youngest two were in preschool. So I knew that I had nine hours a week that I could do with no interruptions from my little two. Mm -hmm. um, now, as that changed and I had middle schoolers and then a kindergartner at home, 
my school day did have to shift a little bit because I needed Molly to be taking a nap when I was doing math right. with Annalise and Rebecca. Like no I just, time. yeah, I it had to shift a little bit just because I had a little person around. Um, so, but it also my kids have gotten to be really good at independent play. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to go upstairs or you got to go in your room. I have to help your sister, and I will come to you when I'm done. Yeah. And I've had funny conversations with people because they've said, how did they learn classroom, you know, raising their hand and all of the things that you learn in a bit. I'm like, my kids have had to learn how to wait their turn because there's only right. one of me and there's four of them. Right. So you got to wait your turn because I'm helping Emily's learn how to do long division. Right. I can't, you have to wait. Well, and I think a lot of this season is also about having an open mind to creative solutions. Like I think back to when I first started working and was doing some writing ministry and I had an 11 year old who came over and she was a mother's helper and it was like $3 an hour. Um, It wasn't expensive. Maybe you've got some friends in your church and your community. As we're all entering into this uncertain time, you also have more Res- more creative resources available to For you. Sure. Some I know that there's some families I know who are co-oping. So there might be like someone takes preschoolers once a week yes. and then there's a little bit more intense time focus. Now that goes against what we just said about structure. But I think for kids, it's not that they need the same exact schedule every day. It's that they need to know what the schedule Mm -hmm. is. So there's some way of kind of prepping them. And I see this a lot with my friends with preschoolers, learning that transitions are a time where discipline issues come up. So the more you can help your kids with transitions and say, this is what Wednesday is going to look like. And this is when we're going to do ice cream and this mm-hmm. then that gives a little bit of that structure that I think kindergarten teachers are naturally really good at. Yeah. So um so okay I'm I've got a couple more questions about the actual logistics of learning and then yep. let's talk about some character <clears throat> stuff. So what if one of your kids is struggling? Like I think specifically about reading. You know, yep. I mean the difference to me in helping a child who knows how to read learn. Yes. And who does not know how to read like just and I know there's tons of resources out there on the computer and everything, but that can't be your all in all. So yeah. So how do you I've struggle had, with that? Yes. Two of my kids um, struggle with dyslexia. And I one of the great things about homeschooling is that you can see it a lot uh, sooner than maybe it would be picked up on in a traditional environment. Um, I did you just, it, did you know it because of you, how did you know it though? Because when you say you can see it earlier, I mean, a, a teacher sees hundreds, if not thousands of students as a mom, you're only seeing your child. Did you just have a gut feeling or was it? Um, so my third one, my third daughter is the first one that I taught how to read because my older two learned in school. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I was working through this fabulous book, Teach Your Child to Read in 100 Easy Lessons. Okay. Buy that. If Which you're we will resource you. It's in the show notes. Is fantastic. And I, she learned how to read, but she was struggling with spelling okay. as school went on. And thankfully, in the Lord's kindness and providence, I have a sister who was being trained in educational therapy. And I asked her, I think something's not quite right. Mm-hmm. With actually two of my kids. And so we had some testing done and sure enough, you just, you just can tell, especially when you have more than one kid and you see one gets it, they have no problems. They're doing just fine. And then you look at the next one, you're like, something's just not quite, she just seems to be having a harder time than her sister did, or she seems to be frustrated by this. Yeah. And so we had some testing done and we were able to get some help and it's remarkable the turnaround that has happened for both of my kids who have struggled. And 
I think because I just was super aware and I was the one teaching, I could recognize this is just not happening in the way that I had thought it would happen. Yeah, and I think that when you when you when you just set aside the idea that you need to be perfect or that you need to be mm-hmm. an expert, the other thing that happens is if you can set those things aside, we are much better. I think this is one of the things that's characterized our friendship at asking for each other's help. Mm-hmm. Like you can ask someone else, like, do you think this is weird? Have you experienced mm-hmm. this? I think so much of what happens with people when they feel really insecure is they close in on themselves. And so then they don't reach out. And yep. this, I mean, I know from just by proxy that the homeschooling community is a fantastic Oh, it's a huge, community. It's huge. Yes. And this is one of the beautiful benefits of technology is yes. that and they're probably you probably have new friends new potential friends that are mm-hmm. literally in your backyard that you don't know about they just this is an opportunity for a new season yep and i think when you worry about am i going to teach them wrong or am i not going to miss something i think that's a huge obstacle that people mm-hmm. feel is somehow my child's going to have this massive gap which yeah. of course assumes that you're going to homeschool them all the way through like maybe it would help to only think one year at a time. Well, but. and that's what we do. I I should have prefaced all of this by saying every year we have said, is this working? We sort of have a state of the union. Is this is this working? And by is we, do you mean you and your husband? And you and our, our kids? Kid, I mean, as our kids have gotten older, mm-hmm. we'll have more conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and is this the quality of life that we want? Is this like, are all of these things, are we working towards our family goal? Mm-hmm. And Every year we've come back to, yes, this is, we want to keep doing this. This is the choice that we want to keep making. But we haven't always said no to everything else. Like we just, we've tried to have an open mind about the other opportunities that are out there. Yeah. Um, but we have loved, I mean, my oldest daughter has finished high school and she's a rising senior in mm-hmm. high school. So she's doing dual enrollment classes because she can. Yeah. And she has come to recognize the huge beauty of flexibility. Yeah. And she loves it. So, um, what are, what are some of the, let's talk, since this is about, you know, we always know that there are pros and cons to everything. What do you think are some of the drawbacks to homeschooling? Um, I think when you have little kids, it's a big sacrifice of yourself. Yeah. Um, that was hard for me because Amen. when my kids were in, I had one year where I had two in school and two in preschool and I had nine hours <laughs> of glorious time in my house by myself and I'm a huge homebody. I love my home. I love, and it was hard. It was a big sacrifice. And I was with a friend the other night and she said, how do you find time for yourself? And I said, it looks very different Mm -hmm. when you're in that season of life. And it is a huge sacrifice. But I will say now as an adult, I look back on my own experience of being homeschooled and I, my mom is my hero because I look at how much she gave up because she believed so much in what she was doing. And I think I want to do that for my kids. I want them to recognize how much I love them, that mm. I'm willing to sacrifice the walk that we would take once a right, week or, right. you know, the time at the mall or going to get coffee or whatever you gives you life, you're running or whatever it is. I did have to give that up for a season. Now, I don't anymore. Yeah. I mean, I have a 17-year-old down to a 10-year-old. They basically, they don't really need me anymore. Which they need you, but I'm not, maybe not to the, and I, but I, of course they need you differently. And we it's both, totally different. we both are big proponents of saying like this whole lie 
that like, if it's not one thing, it's the other. Like right. that sometimes I hear parents say, I'm like, that's pessimistic right. and really fatalistic. It's not true. Like right. there are seasons, they do change. I mean, yes, I feel that right absolutely. now. I was preparing for our podcast. I'm just sitting with my coffee quietly. And I'm like, there's no such thing as sitting with your coffee no. quietly no. In, when not, you have little no. kids and that will come. It is not forever. Correct. It does change. Yes. Um, and the seasons of when you have a kindergartner down to a 17 month old, their needs are very different and you're saving the life of the 17 month old while you're trying to teach the kindergartner how to read. You have to be okay that your day is gonna just look different yeah, and that you are giving a lot of yourself. Yeah. But I will say they go to bed earlier, generally. <laughs> That's true, I know. So I, you have your evenings. <laughs> if I could go back to my little, like my earlier younger self, I'd be like, Golly. you better enjoy those evenings. Cause in your mind you think, oh, when I have teenagers, like we can go out. Yeah, but Well, no, no one goes out anymore. No, There's nowhere to go. So now we're all at home all the time and everyone's awake all the time. So now you've got to enjoy the quiet mornings. Correct. you can have those. Yes, cause so, now they sleep in. Yeah, any yeah. other drawbacks that you feel like would be good for people to just, I bet you've experienced. Um. How about your marriage? How's it impacted? Well, I, it's funny. We, I was reminiscing about our first season of homeschooling, and my husband said to me about three months in, and this is maybe this is embarrassing, but he said, <laughs> "Gosh, you ask him you're if he just wants so much nicer <laughs> now that everybody's home. Our our life, our family feels much more peaceful." And I realized. I, the analogy I said, I said, you know what? It's very interesting. I was just thinking about when all of our kids were in school, I felt like I was running on a treadmill that somebody else was setting the speed and mm. I couldn't ever quite catch up. And now that I'm in charge, mm. now that I have gotten to dictate, especially when they're in elementary school, where really home is the center, I just, it, it felt like our family took a collective sigh of relief. Mm. Like, oh, this is what it's like to have more time in our day, mm -hmm. to be together, to pursue interests, to have school fit in the, in the time of our day when we really want to be doing it. Right. it. Just It felt like we took a collective sigh of relief. Mm -hmm. So I think for our that's a long-winded way of saying it has been such a blessing and a gift for our family. We It's not perfect, but for the most part, it really has been so fantastic mm. for our whole family. Mm. Is there anything that you would offer to our parents that are listening who are doing virtual learning that you know they they are they're not, either not in a position mm -hmm. um, personally, professionally to really take the full homeschool? Because what we're talking about, I should have also made this clear, we're talking about the full route where you yes. I You're guess choosing you, you inform the state, yes. right? That you are Correct. withdrawing your children from whatever schooling they're in and doing this. And we'll we'll leave uh, a resource for you about that process and kind of how to do that. Yeah, it's very different. Yeah. Two very different This things. is very, very different. But just for those people, those of us, my kids will be doing some virtual learning this year. I'm not taking them out. The age of my kids means it, it's not the right mm -hmm. for us. Um, so anything that you would offer to parents who just are feeling overwhelmed by this season, even if it's short, nine weeks, a semester might be a year that you think could bring peace to their home? I think if you can help yourself shift your mindset towards this is going to look different and embrace that it's different mm -hmm. instead of trying to keep it looking like what mm -hmm. it was when they left your house and went to school and all the learning happened away from home. Yeah. Um, I think so much of it in life, but especially in parenting is about 
your mindset. Mm -hmm. And if you can embrace that it's different, I think it will help your kids to embrace that it's different. I think especially older kids, it's a struggle. They're not with their friends. I mean, we've seen that with our older daughters. So much of their social life has been changed and squashed. And I think if you can help them embrace that it's going to be different for this season Mm -hmm. and how can we make the differences work for our family and how can we help our mindset be excited about it's going to look different yeah instead of chafing against that it's different or frustrated that it's different yeah we've tried to pick i love that i think that's that's kind of i think it's it's just inspiring me to go back to that. I think at the beginning of quarantine, I felt like I was really in that. But I try to think of this as life school too, mm-hmm. and both on things that maybe we didn't have time for before that are maybe disciplines or rhythms, but also on things that are really fun. Mm-hmm. So for instance, like we're, we've off and on, but mostly my kids have been making one dinner a week mm-hmm. each yep. on their own. Um, so we're sharing the load differently in the home as well in ways that can help for life school, but also on the life school side, there's a lot more time for like, my kids have picked up new hobbies. They've done new things. We try to spend more time together intentionally. Um, And it isn't always great. I mean, honestly, it's rough. It's not, it's up and down. It's every, we're all dealing with that. But if you, as the person who's setting the tone for your home, you or your husband or whatever, both spouses, if there's two of you in the home can get into that mindset of, Mm. I love that you said that, like, how can we not chafe against this, but see it as an opportunity um, and just recognize it's uncomfortable for everyone, but it doesn't mean that it has to be bad. Like it can be good. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So we talked about younger kids, talked about some of the challenges there, but also the flexibility. Let's talk about older kids. What if, um, when, what has been different? What does the week look like different with older kids when you're homeschooling? So I would say starting in about eighth grade, seventh to eighth grade, um, it starts to look different mostly because like, I'm not a math person. I don't love science. I've been wondering about this. I can do I'm like, English and history all day long. I was basically long. like piecing out in yeah. sixth grade math. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure. So it's I was reminiscing with my mom, a veteran homeschooler, because I said, Mom, how did you do this? Because, you know, we're old enough that there weren't computers around when we were in middle school. And she, she created a co-op for us to be a part of. And so she brought in... Um, a science teacher who could do different levels of science. And she brought in a math teacher to teach us the upper levels of math and a French teacher. Like she found people and sort of created a co-op. Those are out there now in huge abundance. Okay. Now though, I don't know. I mean, quarantine has changed all of those right, things. Right, right, right. Um, I'm sure they've pivoted. Like, yeah, they we'll, have pivoted. We'll, we'll put our best notes together for you yes. guys if you're interested. And obviously it just, for clarity, a co-op means families come together, they pool their resources and they Correct. share a teacher, a, teacher. a tutor, an expert, whatever, for their collective Correct. Kids. So full disclosure, my ki- three of my kids, actually all four of them were signed up for a co-op that we change. We, we pulled out of it a couple of weeks ago because it was, it felt so uncertain and uh-huh. I just didn't know where they're going to even be having it. So I'm saying all that because there are massive amounts of online resources, classes. My um, 10th grader is taking Algebra 2 online uh-huh. with a live teacher with just like, one class. So you can sign up oh, for just for one sure. class. Yes. Okay. You can do one class. You can do all your classes. There are tons of different schools, 
online schools that are offering a myriad of options. And of course, the difference between an online school like that and your virtual learning in your school system is going to be some of the structure and the routine. There's more flexibility in an online class that you're paying for than probably the virtual experience that you're signing up for. Well, and it depends on like Liberty University has a huge online school K through 12 that is a much more structured environment. Okay, I would say that the biggest difference in those different kinds of learning environments is that you are choosing what your kid. You're not you're not doing the program that the county is dictating. Okay. You are choosing what your kid wants to take. So, um, you know, my oldest daughter who has finished high school is doing a dual enrollment class and she's taking all of her classes. She'll have 24 credits when she finishes her senior year of high school okay. college credit all online. Like okay. I'm not I don't do anything with that. Um, and my second daughter is doing a different school. I mean, there's just lots of different options now to do it online, especially because, I mean, so many of them are using Google Classroom or Zoom in your traditional school environment. Mm -hmm. So if your kids can do that, yeah, they can do an online school where there's a live teacher, they meet once a week. There's lots of options. I mean, we can put them all in the, there's so, if so you don't, many options. So basically, if you don't know how to teach Correct. algebra you don't one, have to it's teach okay. It. Yes. And my husband, who is a math and science brain, when it got to algebra two, he was like, I don't remember how to do any of this. I'm like, really? That's what I needed you for. Like all of this schooling stuff, I was holding on until like, you can do. And did yeah. it work out? So there's a lot of options, okay. tons of options. So, and we can, we'll, we'll, we'll get you start. If you're interested, we'll get you started down that path. But if you can use your Instagram, you can find resources. Correct. Some of this is just, Absolutely. I so want to just impart confidence and it's okay to be figuring out as you go along. Absolutely. Like it, it, um, I, so I grew up an army brat. We moved around all the time. I went to like 12 different schools in 12 years. There was like gaps. There were seasons yes. where I was like kind of homeschooled and, and sorry, mom, but like she called it homeschooling. We were not doing anything basically <laughs> for four months. And I look back on that and I'm like, I am not, I am no worse for the wear. Like if yeah. you, if, if there is a gap in your learning where you're learning differently or more creatively, as long as there's love and there's consistency and there's creativity, there's just trying. Right. I think that if you've only had one experience, like for instance, if you're listening and you went to public school K through 12 in the same school district, your, your experience of education is just a lot more narrow. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just that you haven't seen that there's a lot of ways to do it. And yeah. I'm grateful that I've had seasons where I came into a new school midway through the year. I wasn't, I was like en enrolled in classes I had never even been in before. Mm -hmm. It all worked out. It teaches you ingenuity and initiative and creativity. And that's part of the things that I think we can impart in our kids at this season, whether yep. they're in virtual school, whether you pull them to homeschool, whatever your option is, seeing this as part of those higher values, yes, right? Absolutely. And I think too, you know, if, if third grade, if your kid's going into third grade and you're really unsure and maybe third grade this year is a little bit of a wash, it's okay. Yeah. Like, what do you really and remember don't you from repeat, third grade? And don't you repeat stuff? Yes. Isn't that a big thing? I'm not an educator, so no, but isn't that part yes. of it? You come back you around, kind of swing to, around things. to things yes. over and over again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm not saying don't <laughs> do school this year. I'm just saying sometimes we had like, sometimes I pick a curriculum and I didn't love it. And a quarter of the way into the school year, I'm like, mm, let's shift and do something. Okay. Different. So I think it's, especially in elementary grades, it's okay. It's really okay. If it's not quite right. Yeah. It, if you're showing creativity and love and all those values, yeah. like you talked about, those things are what are really the most important. Yeah. And this, and our experience of the education system is a, is very recent. Like this is a modern day phenomenon. It's not, this has not always been the way it is. Yeah. And there's been brilliant 
people who have come before us. So there is something to be said about like, hey, just like zoom out a little bit and realize yeah. there's a whole world where this has not been like 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. on the school bus every single day. K right. through 12 has not been no, like for sure. the norm. No. Um, so there's room, I yeah. think, there to know that there's a lot of ways but to learn. that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, I know. That's another podcast. Okay, so I asked about homeschool. Okay, I want to ask about a couple of heart things, okay? okay. First one that I feel like people are really nervous about. Are my kids going to be weird? Aren't all homeschool kids? <laughs> well, the way I, just, I answer that aren't all homeschool is kids socially awkward. Do you think I'm weird? <laughs> I mean, only in like the best ways. <laughs> no, I, I'm just I'm laughing, y'all, because I'm like I I know like Carrie's kids are amazing and wonderful, and there's a nothing like that. But I, I know it's like a, there it's are a weird stereotypes. There are stereotypes that I think more and more, especially. I mean, I didn't have very many friends who were homeschooled when I was homeschooled. So it was definitely, oh, I was the odd man out mm -hmm. for sure. I do not think that. I mean, especially now, everybody's at home. Like we're, we're in quarantine. <laughs> Everybody we're is at home. Weird. So I think um, my answer to that is we have always tried to help our kids recognize. We have four. We've tried really hard to recognize in our kids, help them understand that they are each other's best asset and mm -hmm. gift. And so they've learned how to like socialize for sure with each other. Yeah. We also, like you said, we have people live with us. We have people in and out of our home all the time. We try to expose our kids to a wide range of people in different places yeah. of life. But my kids also swim and do softball and sure. like they do all of the normal stuff yeah there's that, there's no there's an abundance of opportunity now for sure in life. like you do not have to be at the public school to have access to there's swimming clubs and cheering clubs yeah. and gymnastics whatever your kid is interested in i have one who loves art she takes all kinds of different art classes there's lots of places for your kids to engage and rub elbows yeah. with people who are in very different seasons and places of life than your own yeah. kids so um yeah, I mean, oh. I don't think my kids are weird. <laughs> They're not weird. They're great. I'm just, I just had to laugh. I know that was it's, funny. that's the question. But I think that it's I important that we. I mean, and I, I, I do. That's just a great mindset shift. Once again, there's a lot of ways that your kids are socializing. We're all in a weird yes. season. Um, but I keep on really wanting to press moms and dads to say, like, who is in your circle? Who is in your community? This is a time to step up. The worst thing they're going to say is no. This right. is a great time to be like, hey, do you guys want to do? And we know, obviously, with social distancing, with lots of different needs. But if you can extend your maybe circle of who you're going to be around and, and think about what that might look like. Um, I think that also is a lot of relief for moms, which is really my question, if, especially if you're a mom who's considering homeschooling. What about in my heart, this feeling of like, how am I going to discipline? Like I already, like, let's say this is you. I already struggle with my kids. I'm already feel like we're fighting over chores and media and whatever. How in the world am I going to handle day in, day out? Well, I think- so And do you have any philosophy? Like, do you have any resources? Do you have anything that's kind of- guided your parenting and in this way yeah i mean i think honestly when my kids were at school all day and then came home they were much more of a problem <laughs> than when we were all home together in a day and they each could find their own space in our okay. like you know one would retreat to my sewing studio or one would retreat to the living room to read a book like they found space in our home, but they her sewing studio is a closet. Don't get overwhelmed. <laughs> no, not Carrie is that. I guess for those who don't know you, like you sound like you live on this like estate. No, it's she a, just my you kids, make beautiful places. You well, make beautiful places, I've but it's tried, a small we don't little have spot. A big house, not, yeah. And I try to have room to create my own little nooks. Yeah. Yes. 
So I've tried to have space for my kids to spread out a little bit because we do spend a lot of time with each other. Right. Uh, but my youngest two share a room because we don't have a huge house. And so I'm saying all that because I did find when my kids moved from being in separate school rooms to being home more, they got along better. Okay. Now, I don't know why exactly that is. I have a lot of theories on that. Okay. But they got along better. Um, discipline is, if you're trying to discipline during school, yeah. I think like I can pick up pretty quickly. One of my kids will just like turn upside down when we're trying to read. I'm like, do you need to go outside and just like breathe in some fresh air and ride <laughs> your bike for a few minutes? Because I could tell she would move into, I, I don't want to do that and start fighting. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know what? She just needs a breather. Yeah. Get up, walk around, go outside. Um, I think, I mean, it's situational. It's hard to, um, I try hard not to be the yelling nasty teacher. I try really hard to keep a tone and spirit that makes them want to sit in the school room. Is there is there resources for that? Like when you're in your homeschool curriculum or whatever, is there like a crash course on being a teacher that they give you? Not that I found. Not that you know, I mean, okay. You're on your own. Well, no, that's not true. My mom told me, she reminded me the other day as I was encouraging a friend, she's getting ready to homeschool her kindergartner. I said, let me just tell you that the hardest thing you'll ever do is teach your child to learn how to talk. <laughs> so if you have taught your child to learn how to talk, you can teach them how to read. You can teach them the things that, maybe not calculus or physics, <laughs> but you can teach your kids. You already are teachers. Correct. I mean, that's part of it is like, we need to take off the this misnomer that somehow I'm not a teacher. If you're a parent, you are a teacher. Correct. Absolutely. You are. 100% you're already a teacher. You already have what you need to teach your kids successfully. I will say there's a podcast that I love. Um, her name is Heidi St. John. She's homeschooled seven children. And I do, she has been a great encouragement to me mm -hmm. over my seasons of homeschooling. She's written some great books, just about, one of them is called The Busy Mom, Busy Mom's Guide to Life. Like just, and how to find daylight in your day. And like just, her books are so practical and approachable and she has a great podcast on these issues yeah how to discipline i mean she's done it a whole lot longer than i awesome. she has adult kids who are now raising their own children so she has successfully done it and so we've i linked would recommend her. her yes we've linked her in the show notes i do want to say just a caveat like we believe in teachers we yeah, believe sure. in the process of being educated as a teacher in fact you've you've mentioned multiple times the resource of teachers who are trained as teachers so yes. when when we say you can teach your kids. We're not in any way disrespecting the profession no, no. of teaching because you need it. You've used it. Absolutely. I mean, we, like these online classes, these resources, the curriculum, Absolutely. all of that stuff is people trained as educators. But in this season, yes. we also don't want to abdicate responsibility as parents that you have within you with good creativity, prayer, connection, what you need to thrive in this season, yep. in this season. This may not be for you forever. Like yeah. you obviously to me are very gifted as a teacher. You have some natural, there's natural parts of you that are, are gifted as teachers. Not all of us are like that. But to think that you can't because you're not, you know, haven't yeah. gone through that doesn't mean you can't use those resources in a way that helps you facilitate a place, a space, an environment for yep. your kids. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, yep. that is awesome. Anything else you just want to say to our listeners, viewers today about this season? I mean, I think regardless of what age or stage your kids are in, it's a really special, unique opportunity. And I think 
um, you might be surprised how much you love it. It's also okay if you don't love it. Yeah, that's right. Like, it's okay if it doesn't, the shoe doesn't fit quite right and you need to put them back where they were or in a different, that's okay yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but we have absolutely, I think I can speak for my whole family, have loved it. Yeah. And our extended family has loved it because we've been able to see grandparents and cousins and aunts and be present. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And there's just a really sweet, we love it. So awesome. I hope that all these people listening will love it too. Well, Carrie, <laughs> thank you. Mail, Carrie, thanks so much for coming on and of being course. our wise friend and guide in this area. And Carrie is not like here because she's written a book or because nope. she's got a course nope. for you. She's just here as your friend. And so we're going to put some resources that can help you in that way. Yes. So we will link to some of the places and things that have been helpful to you yep. that we've kind of curated for you guys. You can find those in the show notes or go to my website, NicoleUnis.com slash podcast and it's all there for you great thanks you guys for being here and we'll talk with you next time thanks for tuning in to let's be real with nicole Eunice. we'd love to hear from you have a topic to suggest or a tricky situation you need help with send us an email or a voice memo to nicole at nicoleunis.com and we may feature you on the show and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode